Did you know that South Carolina actually produces more peaches every year than the peach state does? Georgia's number one food crops are peanuts and pecans. All three begin with P, so there's that. Welcome to the Lore of the South. South. Welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. These past couple of weeks were big weeks for anniversaries. Lincoln's assassination, the sinking of the Titanic, Michael and Maya's 21st wedding anniversary, and a couple of big losses. Hip-hop lost a legend with DMX passing. The Queen lost her prince. Did y'all watch the funeral? QE2 sitting all alone in that huge ancient chapel was one of the saddest things I have ever seen. But on to happier things. As I mentioned my own anniversary, I gave Mike a framed Saxon map of England, because we're nerds like that, and a pocket knife with his initials engraved on it. I observed all superstitions involved with knife giving though. And the reason I mentioned superstitions is because that's what today's topic is about. Episode 15, Very Superstitious. Are Southerners more superstitious than other parts of the country, or even the world, maybe? I had both a Southern grandma and a Midwestern grandma. She was a Kansas farm girl. My Southern grandma always had the big New Year's Day dinner with all the foods to bring us luck and money, which you can hear all about in episode number four. My Midwestern grandma did not. She even put sugar in her grits, y'all. So why is it that we're such a superstitious bunch? Is it our African influences? Did a little of the voodoo, hoodoo, or Gullah Geechee tradition seep in? As these different cultures of enslaved people toiled in the master's house and in his fields? Or maybe it's the parts of Europe that our ancestors come from. The Irish and the Scottish people are known for their superstitious natures as well. In my humble opinion, it has to be a combination of the two. There's no way that people can live alongside one another for a few hundred years and their cultures not rub off on one another. We can go back to my two grandmas as a reference. Southern grandma was of Irish and English descent. Midwestern grandma is from German descent. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be way off base. I'm not very well traveled, but aren't Germans considered more stoic lot and not so much into looking for signs and depending on good luck charms? Now don't get me wrong, the Germans can make up some mean fairy tales, y'all. But those were meant as cautionary tales and not just flights of fancy. But I digress. I'm getting off topic here. Back to our superstitious ways. I've always been interested in why we believe in things that don't follow our modern logic. Why do we continue to follow certain rituals? Where did these ideas come from? And that's what we're going to talk about today. The history of superstitions. First group of superstitions. How to keep the devil and other unwanted spirits away. To keep the devil out of your house, hang a mirror on the outside of your front door. The devil will be distracted by his own reflection and forget to bother the people inside the house. You can also leave a bowl of rice on the porch and evil spirits will have to stop and count each grain before they can enter. There's a lot of tales about spirits being compelled to count things. Remember the old Rougarou in episode 6? He had a counting compulsion as well. Also, never rock an empty rocking chair, or you might invite a ghost to sit in it. 
A bottle tree in your yard doesn't just make for a nice outdoor art piece. It could also trap unwanted spirits as well. The more colorful the bottles, the better. And this last one that I'm going to mention is my favorite. In the Gullah Geechee culture, spirits cannot cross water. So to confuse the ghosts, they would paint their porches, window, and door frames blue, sometimes called haint blue, and this would keep the spirits from entering the house. Now some people will tell you it's to confuse carpenter bees and prevent them from eating into the houses, but haint prevention makes for a much better story. Now how about some ways to prevent breakups and the loss of friendships? When walking down a sidewalk and you come across a pole or some other obstacle, it's important that everyone in your party passes on the same side of the object. If your group is separated by the object, your friendship will also be broken apart. Don't give your significant other shoes as a gift, or they might just walk right out of your life. If you give someone a pocket knife as a gift, be sure to include a coin with it so they may pay for the blade so that it doesn't sever your ties to one another. Now, don't do these or you might get sick. When you get up from a rocking chair, be sure to steady it. Don't leave it rocking, or it could be rocking you into an illness. Don't cut a baby's hair before their first birthday, or they might be sickly or even have their life cut short. And then that brings us to death omens. And let me tell y'all, everything is a dang death omen, especially when it comes to clocks. If a broken clock chimes, be sure to take note of the number of times it tolls because it's ringing out a loved one's time of death. If a running clock suddenly stops, it could also be predicting someone's death. If a clock drops a weight, you got it, somebody gonna die. Think I'll stick to digital clocks. I, re I really like my Apple one and so far no one's died because it's the battery wore out. If a wild bird flies into your house, it also signals that someone is going to die. I couldn't find an explanation for this one, but I'm assuming this superstition coincides with the belief that birds carry the soul to heaven. So maybe the bird showed up early for its soul collecting? Finally, I'm going to go over a few superstitions and their origins that I found interesting. Salt over the shoulder. This is an ancient one that may even have its origins in Samaria. Salt was a precious mineral. It was required to preserve food, and the wasting of it would have been near sacrilege move forward a bit in time, and Leonardo da Vinci depicts Judas filling a cellar of salt at the Last Supper. Judas the betrayer was wasting salt. So scoop up a bit of that salt, throw it over your left shoulder, and blind the devil. Broken mirror. We've all heard this one. Break a mirror and get seven years bad luck. This one can be attributed to the Greeks, and then adopted by the Romans. Romans believe that people's health cycled in seven-year increments. So if you broke a mirror, which is a reflection of you, it just might be predicting that your next seven years might not be your most healthy. Then we come to the unlucky number 13. This one is so prevalent that many hotels and high-rises do not have a 13th floor. We've got a couple of origin stories for this one, one of which goes back to the Last Supper once again. Judas was the 13th guest and the betrayer. The unlucky 13th guest also shows up in Norse mythology. The gods were all having a feast and things were going well until Loki turns up and starts a fight where Baldur, who was favored by Odin, was murdered. 
So like most things in Christianity, which came first, the pagan belief or the biblical one? Either way, try not to be the 13th guest to arrive at the barbecue. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I don't have any side notes for this episode. I do have a list of listeners to thank for their contributions of superstitions. Dr. Chris Essing, Becky, Heather, Barbie, Mary, Paula, Jessica, Julie, Jess, Brittany, and Beth. Thanks to you all for your suggestions. I'm saving some of these for later. Look for us on social media. Just search Laura of the South. We're most active on Facebook and Instagram. We hope to delve into the world of YouTube and TikTok before too much longer. Um, So be looking for an announcement for that. Leave us a five-star written review, if you will, and please share us with a friend or two. And we'll talk to y'all later on Lore of the South.